Well, when I get stressed or feeling overwhelmed, you go to something that's familiar. Oh, okay. I understand. Okay. Harry Potter is that for me. Yeah. So is that what you're saying is you're always stressed? No. And then I just love it. Because <laughs> you're always listening to Harry Potter over and over. You're painting a really bad picture. <laughs> I have not listened to Harry Potter in a while. Oh, is this why this is so hard in our relationship for you <laughs> when I'm right all the time? We're just going to cut that part out. No, what? <laughs> We're not. We're saying gonna... stupid things. Okay. That's why it's out of control. There's nothing. There's no, who knows what's coming okay. up. Okay. What can Harry Potter teach you about living a life out of control? Hey guys, he's Matt. And she's Molly. Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. Where we give you permission to live, live an, an out, out of control, control life. life. That's not always easy. And that's why there's lots to talk about. so excited for this podcast yeah you guys if you could see him he is lit up all right here we go i am very excited okay well i'm uh we did promise this last time whenever we were saying that we were going to do this i'm gonna turn my microphone i know i threw that out there so it had to happen yeah so um okay first of all we have to do something interesting about ourselves Something interesting about myself is that I had part of my head shaved a few years ago. Mm, it's true. True story. Did all I already vol- tell the story about when I shaved my head? All voluntary. Yeah, but it looked good. It was hot. Did I tell my head shaving story? No, I don't know why you would. Okay, so interesting. Is interesting. It? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so I used to work in a sewer. I talked about that before. And I worked with a bunch of guys from a place called Stinkin' Creek, Tennessee. I might have mentioned that before. And we used to do grout injection. All right. So before I lose you, just hang tight. It's a quick story. Uh, but Is it? <laughs> I work with these. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, I like most people. I'm very tolerant of people, I feel like. Is that true? I don't even think you're tolerant. I think you just genuinely I like see people. the good in people and like them. Yeah, I like I'm, people. I'm tolerant of people. But I'm going to tell you, these were some of the dumbest folks I've ever met in my life. Is that not fair? That's that's rude. It is rude, but some... Okay, I'm not saying that any class of people or group of people or any people from a certain place are dumb. All I'm saying is that these guys I was working with were dumb. They were not very intelligent. They did not come with intelligence intact. And so we would have to... You'd, you'd turn on this hose and, and it would inject this grout into the concrete. And then when it mixed with water, then it expanded and that sealed up the, the concrete, right? Well, the guy, he couldn't get the injection nozzle off of the knob or whatever it is the little injector thing of a bobber that's the technical term and so who's the intelligent (laughs) one now i guess i'm telling on myself so anyways he pulled it so he pulled it off before he turned it off and so the 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 grout was still shooting out now it's all pressurized and he just across the you know across the way and i happened to be standing not too far away and so right across the back of my head bunch of grout and then i was sweating because it was hot outside and so all of a sudden the back of my head just goes and just grout expands all over the back of my head all over my hair so i get home that night all day the rest of the day i was like picking grout out of my hair and so i got home took a shower i could not get it out and so i just shaved my head and i walked out and molly's like what did you just do that was pre-beard days yeah i don't look good with a bald head and no beard so I love you so much, but that's not my favorite look. We've been watching the show Love is Blind, and Molly's like, no, couldn't do it. I mean, 
you need initial attraction. Now I feel like we have a deeper love and our bodies change and we look different. I think it's just a, I think it's just a hypocritical two-sided way. Like I'm, I, I should love you no matter how you show up or whatever, but I have to be the incredibly attractive specimen that I am. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No. Is that not true? Who got the longer stick in this? Like who got the short end of the stick? <laughs> who got who got the longer stick? Wait, these are two different <laughs> questions. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm like a fine wine. Okay, you do. I have gotten better with age. That's true. You do. No, I did get the better end of the stick. If that's what you were asking. Yeah, I'm. I'm everybody that, that everybody that sees us are like, "Is this your brother?" Because there's no way we don't even look. Anything we don't look alike. anything alike. But there's no way that she would marry me. Anyways, um, but the truth is she chased me, which is another interesting fact that, that we will tell in another time. For another day, yeah. And I've put off as long as I can the topic for today. But um, we do want to thank everybody who's subscribing and joining us. And if you've listened to uh, our podcast recently with Ashlyn, this is Ashlyn. That was a lot of fun. Talked to uh, uh, and about parenting, a little bit of some of the last podcast. So if you haven't checked that one out, then check out This is Ashlyn. Um, I've actually worked with Ashlyn for several years, and she has a great podcast. Her, her ex-husband, and a therapist had a great podcast we built together called Beyond... No, called The Betrayed Addicted Expert. And it was... (laughs) uh, That's how competent I am. I am really showing up. And Ashlyn's my roller skating buddy. Yes, we like roller roller skating with Ashlyn. So anyways, check that out and uh, go hit her up. She's a smart woman. And uh, we like being friends with her. We also are actually still friends with her husband as well, Kobe. The, um, so we're friends with everybody. All right, let's talk about out of controlness and the wizarding world of Harry Potter. This this is like mm-hmm. a special off. If you guys like this, let us know, and we'll never do it again. And then if you don't like it, let us know, and then I'll be able to justify never doing it again. How's that sound? Oh. There will be probably at least another Harry Potter episode in the future. Okay. We're about to go back to Harry Potter world. Yeah, we are. We are. I'm so excited. Just for one day, though. I've, okay. got, I've got to. Okay. We got. I have to explain why I am like I am around Harry Potter because I'm going to get Because some you're hate. mean. No, I'm not. What? I'm not. How Okay, I'm guys. I indoctrinated my whole family with Harry Potter from the, the moment we were together. When we lived on the road after yeah. we were first married... Uh, was it the last book that came out? Yeah. No, like, no, we went to several of the, like, no. stayed up till midnight, okay. went to Barnes and Noble to went get to, the books. Went to all the movies in the theater. All the movies. Listened to the books 80,000 times while traveling around the country. I bought the books before they were. How many times have you watched the movies? Before they were available on um, Audible. Okay. How many times have you read the books? Uh, I, we, we bought the books and downloaded them through whatever J.K. Rowling sold them on Pottermore or whatever. Yeah. I've seen the movies too many times to count. I've read the books. I think I've only actually read them one time, but I've listened to them a lot. The narrator on the audiobooks I have to phenomenal. Admit, the, I have to admit, the narrator is very talented. Yeah. I've just heard him too many times. It, well, when I get stressed or feeling overwhelmed, you go to something that's familiar. Oh, okay. I understand. Okay. Harry Potter is that for me. Yeah. So is that what you're saying is you're always stressed? No, and then I just love it. Because <laughs> you're always listening to Harry Potter over and over. No, I She's like, I don't to... have time for, for listening to any other book. Okay, you're painting a really bad picture. <laughs> I have not listened to Harry Potter in a while. I've listened to and read a lot of books this year so far. I know. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time today. All right, I'm out of control today. Wow. 
I'm out of control. I'm just trying to put off talking about okay, so Harry Potter. I, I get it. I came in okay. strong. I didn't. We didn't have a wedding that was Harry Potter themed. Now, oh, thank I goodness. Regret that. Yeah. Also, once our kids were born, game over. They had no choice. Yeah. But you know, it backfired on me. I never thought about that, but it backfired because I have zero people in this household that love Harry Potter. Yeah, it's because when you shove something down someone's throat over yeah. and over again, it's not good. Yeah. They have to choose it. Yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> I didn't I didn't allow that. I did not let them give consent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, I'm going to consent to talking about Harry Potter today. I, I okay. Here's the truth. I do recognize there's some really cool messaging in Harry Potter. I just uh, when we were traveling on the, around the country, we went to Harry Potter world, world. Hold on, we went one time before. Well, one time right a, before we started traveling in 2015 because it was Christmas over surprise. in California. No. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, we went. No, we went in 2015 for Christmas, before yes. Christmas, for a Christmas present for our three yeah. kids. And then in 2016, 16, after a homeschool conference, me and you. Yeah. When again. You and me went to the California one. You and which, I. I don't know. I'm not the grammar guy. I'm just kidding. Anyways, okay. keep going. We went to the California one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that one's Then we good. started traveling. But that one's not that good, guys. Yeah, but then we started Save traveling. Save your money and go to Florida. Finish the story. Then we started traveling. And, and we went three more freaking times. Yeah, we did. Oh, it was glorious. Three, so I've been to I've been to this place five times. You know what I'm thinking? If we had not, if we had just gone once, we could have like saved all that money and gone to London. Yeah, we could have. To the which Warner Brothers is the thing we haven't done. So. Except, was it? It was there when you went. So to subscribe London. to this podcast so I can take Molly to London. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so uh, let's talk. So we are going to talk about the great oh, messages quick. and lessons. Tyler might actually read Harry Potter. He's our oldest because he's really big into writing fiction, fantasy. Oh, yeah. he's, he's just and so he's first novel. reading a lot of fantasy fiction yeah. to help him. Yes. Oh, that. I told Nick happy. if he read the first book before we went pay to him Harry, money or something. I'd give him five dollars. <laughs> She has to bribe people to be on her side. So it's not, it, it, this is the thing. It's not that I didn't like Harry Potter. I, and I actually, this this is maybe blasphemous, but I actually like Fantastic Beast series better than I liked Harry Potter. Well, it, it has a more a, adult feel. Maybe that's, you know, I think that's what it is, okay? I don't know why this is where we're going in this podcast because, but I think what it is, is I have felt like you like to stay in your adolescent world. I do. I'm an, and I'm, I'm, I want to be mature adults and grow oh, up. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm calling so, your BS and on that so one. I feel like you stay in this place of adolescentness and okay. That's until recently, until recently, like we, we finally watch adult shows and grown-up shows. I got you to watch Breaking Bad, and it was all oh over. Oh my gosh, we've that. watched adult shows before. I know. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I no, feel like have... all we ever watched was was kid no. shows. Like, and what kid shows? And Friends. That's not a kid show. I know it's not. We watched Friends one time. Okay, this has gone a totally different direction. Is, you're ruining it. I've confessed. I confessed what it was about for me. And you can. It doesn't you can, even make sense. Doesn't even make sense. It makes a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. Okay, we're we're just gonna cut that part out. No, what? <laughs> we're not 
Just we're saying gonna... stupid things. <laughs> okay. That's why it's out of control. There's nothing. There's no. Who knows uh, what's coming okay. up? Okay. But we can all agree. J.K. Rowling wrote processing here. a masterpiece. Those are going to be classics. Yes. No. I. I mean, they're genius. Um, be, uh, the truth is, as a, as a young father, I would often make up stories for my kids. Yeah, too bad you didn't make up that one. I know. And and there's oftentimes I've thought I should have written down the stories of the Oogly Boogly Tree and all the mm. other wonderful stories I told my kids and you made guys, up. You guys didn't miss anything. Oh, my kids love that stuff. Anyways, um, <laughs> I have to admit, Quick. being that I am a pretty good... You know, maker upper of stories is my official title. I recognize someone who has that skill, and I will. I'm going to concede that J.K. Rowling has that skill as one who also has that skill. No. <laughs> Do you even know what house you're in? <laughs> yeah, I'm in my house. Fail. Well, I know I'm not a Slytherin. Okay, guys. After this podcast, Matt is going to figure out what house he's in, and we will refill it. Oh, next week? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get let's, into it. Let's get let's, into it. Let's take a guess. Some actual wisdom here. Gryffindor? Not me just messing around. Slytherin? I'm not Hufflepuff Slytherin. Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? I am not a Hufflepuff. Maybe Ravenclaw. Maybe. Aren't they the smart people, though? We'll help. Okay. All right. Okay. So I have a lot of quotes written down. Who are the cool people in Harry? There's none. They're all a bunch of nerds. Luna Lovegood was really cool. No, she was cool. She's sweet. Yeah. But who's cool? No, the you Weasley just, no, brothers? You, well, you had the you had the the bullies. The Weasley brothers were bullies? No. Crab and Goyle. Oh and no. Draco. Those guys are punk. They're Slytherins. Not all Slytherins are punks. I think most of them are. Okay, let's do this. Let's get into it before Okay, I'm gonna I talk save. myself out of this. There, there's um, some a spiritual aspect to Harry Potter okay. that we will touch on. Okay, but so not we're going right to be serious here. I'll stop. Well, joking. no, not yet. We, oh, not yet. Okay. Well, I mean, most of these are serious because they're life lessons. Okay, life lessons from Harry Potter. Is this from all the books? Some of the books? Yeah, I just took a few of my favorites. And I looked up who said it and what book it okay. came from. All right, are we going book by book? Or are we? No, are we just, no. You're just throwing it out there. Yeah. All right. Here okay. Goes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a quote. To, and I'm going to guess who it is. Okay, you could. Okay, we'll play a game out of this. You guys can play with us. Just guess. Um, okay. We this, won't hear your answers. I'll tell you what book it's from. Not that that will make a difference. Sure, that'll help. From Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I don't know what book That's that book is. That's book four. Four, okay. Uh, Sirius Black. Did I get it right? No, and I haven't even said it. Did I, did I get it right? No. Oh. Is he in number four? <laughs> Stop cheating. Is he in number four? Yeah, he, he's introduced in book number three. Yeah, I knew that. See, look how good I am. Go ahead. Curiosity is not a sin, but we should exercise caution with our curiosity. Who said that? Curiosity is not a sin. That sounds like um, the, the grandmother of the... Curiosity is not a sin. You mean McGonagall? McGonagall. No. That's McGonagall. Eh. No? Do you have a buzzer? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, that's no. all I got. <laughs> Dumbledore. Well, of course. I knew that was Dumbledore. I like that quote. Okay, why do you like that quote? Well, I think sometimes um, I look at it from parenting, mm -hmm. you know, and it's what we touched on in our last podcast and then 
our podcast we just did with Ashlyn, but mm-hmm. a lot of times we, we um, go towards control mm-hmm. and we want strict obedience. Mm-hmm. And so in the name of that, it kind of shuts off exploration, curiosity, because those could be bad things or lead to bad things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, so read the quote again. Okay. Curiosity is not a sin, but we should exercise caution with our curiosity. I feel like the emphasis is on the caution, though, which is the part that I maybe push back on. Well, I think have, I think caution doesn't have to be a bad thing. To me, it, I read it as be mindful, be mm-hmm. intentional with your curiosity. Don't just... So what you're saying is that some people believe curiosity is like bad. Right, like curiosity killed the cat. Like you yeah. should just not be curious. Yeah. Just stick to what's good and what you should be doing. So I, I, I take curiosity two different places. We could do a whole podcast on curiosity because I think it's a really potent thing. So there's curiosity in like behavioral mm-hmm. curiosity and then there's curiosity in like relational curiosity. So like curiosity in relationship, relationships mm-hmm. to me is really good. Like yeah. it's, it's the key, right? I'm talking more about like exploration, curiosity, what you do during your teenage years that okay. can be looked and frowned upon. Okay. Okay, yeah, and that's one of the shifts maybe that we've made in our parenting is we grew up with more orthodox models, which was like, hey, here's all the thing, the wrong things not to do. Mm-hmm. And what we've tried to do is say, hey, here's, uh, here's all the things you're going to get exposed to. Like, I mean, at the appropriate times, their age groups. Like, we haven't talked right, to our 11-year-old we... about heroin, but, you know. Um, <laughs> really? Have you? You go there. <laughs> is that... So we've had more detailed conversations about sex with our 16 year old than our 11 year old and our 11 year old knows what sex is and all that but we go in more depth the older they get the more capacity they have to understand yeah which we're going to do a whole podcast on like talking to your kids about sexuality at some point in time yeah 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 okay so we won't go into all that right now but the point is right 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 the point you're saying is that teaching kids healthy exploration and curiosity Mm -hmm. in the defining of themselves Right, because I think you can be it's curious valuable. and be intentional with your curiosity. And that's where the caution part comes in. That yeah. you're okay. To me, that's what the caution meant. Okay, it just meant, so so rather than be afraid of curiosity, embrace curiosity. Right, approach it. And be a cautious a, or mindful yeah. about how you're using yeah. that curiosity. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good. Oh, okay. that's profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dumbledore, man, he's wise and Dumbledore. old. Which one was that, though? The first one or the Lord of the Rings Dumbledore? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, all right. Are we going to do a one a series on Lord of the Rings? I I would not have a whole I lot of input. I wouldn't either. I'm sorry. I need to get more cultured. Um, I've watched the movies. I have never read the book. Okay, keep going. Sorry, okay. I had to sidetrack. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Numbing the pain for a while will only make it worse when you finally feel it. Love good. This is another Dumbledore. Uh, well, uh, if everything wise is Dumbledore, it's too easy. Well, Dumbledore was really wise. He was wise. Okay. All right. Read that again for me. I want to hear it again. Numbing the pain for a while will only make it worse when you finally feel it. Mm, Yeah. This is kind of a thing we do, huh? Yeah. Especially when we're feeling out of control. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to numb the pain. Yeah. So whether you're using some sort of substance or behavior, Mm -hmm. right? You can numb the pain with exercise, right? Like it's like, I think this is the big thing that like, as we've kind of worked through, either relationship issues or trying to understand patterns and habits and things like that is that um, sometimes what we call an addiction is really a compulsion Mm -hmm. that we're using to numb 
really sitting with feeling. Yeah. And the problem with that is, in my mind, is that emotions are messages. So if we numb emotions, we miss the message, which means they're likely going to recycle. Yeah, and be even harder. Yeah. Or more intense. Or potentially lead us to a situation that be- makes life harder yeah. and more intense. Yeah, that's good. So so don't numb. Don't numb. Feel well, it. if you're feeling... Okay, is it okay to ever numb? Well, I think sometimes... Well, I imagine after Melissa died, like yeah. you go through that grief process and yeah. part of it is you're in denial, which yeah. is kind, kind of, of like numbing. numbing. Yeah, that's probably true. But I, but I think if you get stuck... In the numbing, yeah. Then, yeah. So maybe it's okay to numb a little bit. Just, just be careful if the numbing is replacing actually doing the work that's yeah. necessary to move forward. So I don't know how long that is, but maybe have a good friend that you can lean into and be like, "Hey, you think I'm kind of numbing out too much?" Yeah, might be good to have something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I liked this one because okay. we've been talking about this topic, which is kind of. Some people might think it's dark, but it is the unknown we fear when we look upon death and darkness, nothing more. It is the unknown we fear when we look upon death and darkness. What was the last part? Nothing more. Nothing more. I mean, when you think about death, we don't know anything and we really don't know what comes after this life. Right. And so in any thing that I've faced, it's usually it's usually the unknown that causes the most fear. So this has been kind of an interesting adjustment for us as we've left a very orthodox defined belief system where we knew. Well, we said we knew. Right. But that's kind of the model is that we know these things. Like we, we would testify, we would, we would, we would proclaim that we knew the truth of these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any problem with someone who feels like they really have a distinct discernment right but for me i was what i didn't realize is how how much i valued the knowingness how much i valued the certainty that gave me yeah and i love certainty i think we all i mean maslow's hierarchy of needs says that certainty at a, at a base level and, and also tony robbins model of the six human needs says that certainty is a core need that we all have to a certain degree the the challenge is when that need, and this is what this whole podcast, every episode is really about out of control, is the idea that when we seek first for certainty and only for certainty, we might prevent the capacity for experiencing other things. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting as we've let go of the knowingness, what has been your experience? Like what's been your experience of, of sitting in a space where we don't all of a sudden have a concrete framework of what the next life is like? Well, I think when I deconstructed that, I realized I, I never really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I clung to a belief mm-hmm. that I hoped would be true, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a false sense of security for me, yeah, stepping sure. away. Now, I'm sure. not going to take that away from anyone else, um, but it, it allowed me to find peace in the not knowing. And I'm a person who likes to know. I like to have a plan A, B, and C. Yeah, you do. And X, Y, Z. And I like to be certain about things. And I don't like things creeping up on me that I have not planned for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so 
you would think I would have had a really hard time with that, but it was actually really easy to let that go. Mm-hmm. And I also, by letting that go, it has helped me be more present. Yeah, that's that's kind of the magic that I found in it is that... The best way I can plan for in the future is to be here right now. Yeah. To create the best future, mm-hmm. you have to be here now. Like being here now is your greatest chance at having an amazing future. And and fixating on that actually doesn't do me any good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change it one way or another. Like yeah. whatever happens is going to happen. Yeah. And I think we, we have been discussing a lot about death recently. We had a, a pretty sad incident happen very close to home. I'm, I'm going to leave out details because I don't like to capitalize on well, the de- yeah the details doesn't that it doesn't matter yeah, others pain um but but i was very very in the middle of a very tragic incident um where someone died recently and um happened to be on the anniversary of my wife's death and so it's been it's caused me to reflect a lot on death and we've we've been talking about this with some other experiences that you've had and so um it's interesting there seems to be, I don't know, I feel like life is sort of pointing me to a reflection of my relationship to death. And although I don't, I wouldn't say I'm actually someone who fears death because I don't know, whatever it is, like I don't, I really don't, I'm not afraid of dying. Um, but, you know, we, we were watching Yellowstone, which we're not going to, don't, don't destroy it. No, we were watching 1883. Oh, 1883. The prequel to Yellowstone, guys. Yeah, and there's a moment where someone in the in the show says, I get it. It's beautiful. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. It's something along the lines of, I get it. I'm not afraid anymore. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that, I kind of reflected on an experience I've had. And I think sometimes we fear death because all we know are the feelings that we have left behind after someone leaves us and dies. Yeah. And we, we don't know where they, they've gone or what they've experienced. And that creates the fear. But that scene in 1883, it was, it almost made you feel like the person dying is experiencing something totally different than what, we may think well that that was sort of one of the we talked about this too one of the recollections that i had of watching my wife die was it was not until the moment that me and her mother and her sisters crawled up around her and were like you can go like it's i would imagine that's a beautiful gift you can give to the person yeah and and that was hard for like we realized that that so many times people that are dying that we want to stay it's 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 not about them like, it's not that we want them to stay. It's that we don't want to go through the suffering of them not being here anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an interesting concept and process to think through is how much of your fear of death is about not wanting others to, to leave you in your own pain and how unwilling we are to face the suffering or the potential sorrow that we may feel. I don't think it has to be suffering, which that's maybe stirs a whole... Yeah, we could have a whole podcast up. on pain and suffering. Will, yeah, maybe one day we'll talk about pain, suffering, and death, and I can share some of my own experiences. Okay. Okay. Um, how, 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 long, how much more time? I don't know. Maybe we'll make this a two-parter. Okay. Let's keep going. Let me see. Oh, I like this one. Surprise, surprise. 
You gonna say that about all of them? Yeah. Okay. People find it far easier to forgive others for being wrong than being right. People find it far easier to forgive others for being wrong mm-hmm. than for being right. Okay, what, what do you think that means? Well, if someone's right, then we're wrong. Oh, is this why this is so hard in our relationship for you <laughs> when I'm right all the time? It, it's rare. <laughs> Guys, I'm 99 No, it's funny. You are right more than I'm right. I mean, that's true. Um, but isn't that interesting? Is that what it's saying? Is that, that well, we I forgive? don't know. It, forgive i can forgive you for being wrong because then i'm right but i think you can look at it different ways i just yeah i mean obviously if it's you me you versus me on one of us right and one of us wrong then then yeah it's definitely easier to forgive you for being wrong than if you're right then i have to face that i'm wrong and Mm -hmm. it's harder to face well there's always a right well not always but in an argument if it's if you can have if you have facts there is a right yeah, like we, were, wrong. we won't go into that conversation in detail, but like the other day there was a conversation and you were right about your cautioning me and how I was talking to one of our sons. Mm-hmm. Like you were right. And that was harder for me to hear and to acknowledge than if you were on the other side and mm-hmm. I was trying to encourage you to maybe speak differently to yeah. one of our children. Okay, so... I don't know. I just like how they worded it. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard any heard it worded like that before. Okay. Some good wisdom here. Yeah, I know. We hope you're liking this, guys. Maybe Molly will convert me to Harry Potter through the intellectual competencies that are intellectual stimulation of conversation. Now, I think you can kind of dissect this one. Okay. Um, it's dissecting. We must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. So we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's true. Yeah. Now, there's, there's a concept out there of like right and wrong, though. Right, right, but I'm not looking at it like that. Like what's right in your life? What's in line with your integrity? Yeah, some... for me, I haven't liked the concept of right and wrong. And I know that that's really like, it's like, it's like of the devil in some perspectives, right? The idea that there is no right or wrong. But to, to me, it's just that the, the problem with right and wrong is everything becomes very black and white because we're human and we, we are all in different stages. What may be right for me or may be less challenging for me, maybe more challenging for you because of whatever background situation. So the idea of right and wrong, like some blanket way of being for all parties is really challenging. Uh, however, I think there's some merit in the idea of what's powerful. So, so it, let's say let's say that this when he's talking about what is right, right, is more about what is what is the most powerful way of being in that situation. Yeah. Right. So, so your best way of being, not necessarily some sort of infinite right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so from that perspective, read it again. We must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. Well then, yeah, that like leads right into that, right? Because yeah. what is powerful is not always easy. Yeah, being honest, um, you know, when you stole the piece of gum, and when I was five years old, and I had to go back and give the lady at the store five cents, right. you know, that wasn't easy, or, right? Or when we stopped, you know, we backed out of the house we were building. Yeah, yeah, that, that felt very right for our life. Yeah, um, we've. I think we've kind of 
lived an unconventional lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that doesn't always make it easy. Yeah. But it's actually been really fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where in our lives are we choosing? And I think this is in parenting. This is a little bit of what we're talking with Ashlyn about. I think in parenting, it takes a real deliberate choice to be like conscious and, and powerful in your kids' lives. Mm Mm-hmm to have the hard conversations, to deal with them being uncomfortable, right? And mm-hmm. not going to savior mode or let me show you how to do this mode or I'll tell you what to do mode and just obey me and you'll be fine. But rather to make the investment of getting to know them and the investment of trying to teach your kids how to make decisions, mm-hmm. not necessarily right or wrong decision, but but how to make decisions, see the consequence. Yeah learn from that well, and, and identify for the future. Well, it's a lot easier to tell someone what to do than to teach them. Yeah. That's the principles that. behind. Yeah. Behind it. Yeah. I think that's why homeschool was so hard for so many people during COVID. Well, it, yeah, it's not how it's I it do wasn't really co- yeah. It wasn't how we see co- It was trying to do public school at home. Yeah. And it was all about how to like, do it the right hurt. way yeah. versus really teaching kids the way yeah. we try to teach kids from oh, I, I could talk about homeschool for forever, which by the way, this podcast is brought to you by pure genius <laughs> Molly and her friend, uh, did a cool little program on how to homeschool. We do not think everybody should homeschool, right? Like we no. probably should say that we're not <laughs> homeschool, like advocate. Well, we are advocates. So, I mean, we support homeschooling, but we know that it's not for everybody. It, it's both. a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I think there's a financial I, commitment to the fact that one Party. Well, I have seen it. I've heard and seen people do it where both parents work. That's true. One works from home. Usually one works from home. Um, yeah. I think when you want something, yeah, you'll figure out how to do it. But yeah. it it doesn't mean you're less than if that's not your, no. your yeah, path we, we that you're taking. We don't have any judgment on whether or not But I look at homeschool. I say I love homeschool. I don't. I would never have been a teacher. Hats off to public school teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy learning with my kids, mm-hmm. but I look at homeschool as a lifestyle and it has, um, I think partly shaped the way we've parented. Oh, hundred percent. Well, shaped the way we parented or parenting shaped the way we do homeschool. I think it goes both ways because I think honestly, mm-hmm. um, if we had sent our kids to public school full time, um, I think sometimes when, um, whether like when we went to church, you kind of step back, you're like, Oh, someone mm-hmm. else is doing it. Yeah. I don't have to play as big of a role. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. During those hours. Right. And you just kind of mm-hmm. like leave it. That's not my role. That's not my role. Yeah. And so I think it's actually, I think it's done both. I think parenting mm-hmm. has shaped the way I've homeschooled and homeschooling has paved, uh, shaped the way I, I've parented. Yeah. I can see that now you're saying it that way. Cause, cause we have chosen to fully be engaged in all those areas like we don't Mm -hmm. assume that they've learned anything we assume we've got to pay attention to all the things that they need to be right and i think it has created um more space and time Mm -hmm. to um teach them the things that really matter outside of um math and grammar they learn a lot of stuff but it's it's it definitely is the emphasis right like our emphasis is not it's not that you don't need to learn math or how to write or how to read. In fact, our kids read like crazy and stuff. And I think are pretty good at math too, but they, um, in fact, Tyler was really bragging to me the other day about his 
He's doing physics. Stuff that he was doing and how smart he felt doing I, I have never done physics. He's already smart. I him. like physics, but man, he's getting way above what I really and remember. And I don't teach him that. Like, yeah. I won't go into homeschool, but yeah. Like, yeah. It, I think it's just, I, I called them when they were younger, I called them stolen moments. So mm. moments that I would not have otherwise had with them if they went to public school. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some really sweet benefits there that when it's possible and and right for mm-hmm. a family to choose that there are some cool things. And, and maybe it's in some ways harder than for a parent who chooses to public school or private school to try to be deliberate about adding those, those times. I think no matter how you school your children or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it takes um, deliberate mindfulness and intention. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And then I have, um, is this the last one? Yeah, this is the last one. Wow. This is the big one though. This has been a good conversation, even though it See? was rooted in Harry Potter. Harry Potter, man. <laughs> Harry Potter. Every All right. time. All right. So we had this conversation one time. I okay. shared this. I actually showed you the clip okay. of the movie. Oh, I know what you're going to go here. Okay. So Dumbledore said it. Five Dumbled- points well, for me. Dumbledore and Harry. It was a, a little conversation oh, between okay. the two. Point five points. <laughs> in the Deathly Hallows, the yes. last book. I know which one you're talking about. Okay. okay so read it. Um, so, well, I was going to, Oh, you're going to give us some preface. So we were, so we've, we often talk about, um, what could come after this life. Oh yeah. We, we discuss it quite frequently. Yeah. Um, it's not always serious. Yeah. Uh, but I want to die that, well, I'll save that for a, never mind. Well, I'll save that for a, no, I don't, well, there's more to that story. I don't want to die, but how I want to die is part of my future interesting something interesting about me so go ahead okay do i know this yeah you know it okay all right we were talking one time in the car Mm -hmm. and i was reflecting on you know we live in a culture now that we talk about uh, manifesting and generating Mm -hmm. and creating our life and what we want it to look like right and and we have the power like the book the secret Mm -hmm. and then we have we actually hold a lot of energetic power to yeah. To be able to uh, meditate and... Well, the book I'm writing right now is all about the power of manifesting okay. abundance in your life. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, if we have the power to do that here, mm-hmm. could that mean that what we experience after this life is also along the lines of what we are manifesting? This is Molly's manifest? dream. This is Molly's dream. Here it is. Because... Guys, I, I would go find the alternate universe where Hogwarts is. Yes. And take up residence. So here's the thing, guys. Like, not only do I have this life full of Harry Potterness, if I would like to, and there's an opportunity to be with Molly in the next life, I will, if her reality is true, have to live in a castle that looks like Hogwarts. I don't know if we're going to make it, guys. So um, hang in with us. Stay tuned. Subscribe to find out if we stay together. Hey, I got to read this. Oh, okay. Here it is. So this this kind of goes with it. So uh, I wasn't trying to end the episode. I was oh, just, okay. you know. I was worried. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to paint the scene. It's Harry Potter and Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. They're at King's Cross Station. Mm-hmm. And this is after, um, guys, spoiler, if you haven't watched a red Harry Potter Turn it off now. Turn Spoiler it off alert. Now. This is after Voldemort, Avada Kedavra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Harry Potter. That should still Any... save a few people that haven't watched the show. Okay. Yet. 
And so he's at King's I've done Cross. An incredible job at motivating a bunch of people to go watch and read the books. I counteract enthusiasm. that. <laughs> okay, and Harry goes, "Is this real, or has this been happening inside my head?" And Dumbledore goes, "Of course, it is happening inside your head, Harry. But why on earth should that mean that it is not real?" Mm-hmm. So it's a matrix thing. Well, you could look at it that way. I've often thought about. Um, you have so many different religions yeah. and different modes of spirituality. You have people that have seen angels, that have had visions. Yeah. And so is that inside their head? Mm-hmm. And if it's inside their head, does that mean it's not real? Yeah, that's a good question. How, Where is Because reality? how can so many truths exist? How can one church proclaim to be, have the truth, while another, per, another religion? Mm-hmm. Some religions would just claim that they have more of the truth. Maybe, um, but yeah, it's interesting. So your your concept for the next life is that maybe everybody wins. Yeah. What if everybody won? And whatever you envision the next life to be like is what you get. Or what if it's nothing we could ever comprehend, and we're all just super surprised? Well, and, I think that's probably more likely, right? And excited. Yeah. I mean, I think it could still be really, really great and totally unknown. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think there's probably some semblance of, I don't know, like my, I had some like very extreme, um, I would call them spiritual experiences, meaning they, they came from a place in me, um, that I know psychologically some people would say, oh, that was just kind of programming from your family or the religious practices around you. But for me, there were, there were some very deliberate, like there was some very distinct is a better word experiences I had as a younger person. And even, you know, in sometimes in recent years, but that I would have called spiritual experiences that, that to me were confirmations of belief systems that I had, right? Um, but, but I see those beliefs, that those as opportunities that God gave me to maybe be comfortable in the place that I was in. So they weren't necessarily some sort of confirmation of an eternal truth that I needed to live by as much as they were the truth for the moment, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm taking this too far off of what you're saying, but essentially what, there's sort of an honoring of each of our spiritual traditions by God that the way in which we get what we get or get spirituality, God sort of honors. And that's why we can have spiritual experiences no matter what the religion may be. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Which could lead to your perspective and hope is that Whatever you hope and want, guys. My, my tombstone like, better have the Deathly Hallows on it. It's gonna have the Deathly Hallows. Actually, on. I want to be cremated, so that's a whole nother a whole topic. nother topic. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mix up a lot of people. I want a here. Harry Potter urn. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I'm, she wants me to spread her ashes while I ride on the ride at, and it'll Hogwarts. choke the people behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'll live on forever, guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this has been fun. There's been some really good quotes here from a, a r- array of topics. Yeah. A array of was, topics. I, was there one more? One? I feel like you might have, but maybe not. We'll cross our fingers. Oh, no. I got them all. Too bad. I'm so sorry we're going to have oh, to I could this. I could pull up way more. No, I know you can. So you guys will have to let us know. Did you like the Harry Potter episode? And should we do another in the future? 
If not, what other book series should we read and pull interesting topics out of? And maybe we'll do another. Maybe this will be a thing. Oh, please no. That is a good book. Oh my goodness. How about the Matrix or something like that? Like you know, Yellowstone. Top Gun. Top Gun. Yellowstone. Top Gun. Yellowstone. I feel the need. Need for speed. That would require me to watch it. I know. Yeah. I think I watched it. I think I watched it with you one time and fell asleep. Upcoming. No, please not Rocky. Quotes and understand and and life insights from Rocky Balboa. Adrian. Absolutely. I actually had the that Rocky theme song or whatever. And you're running pale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. I have to admit. This is the most I I will talk in a podcast. I know. I just need to get you to talk about Harry Potter and then you talk a lot. This is good. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. Next, we're going to talk about, okay, you've been reading a book. What's, what's that book called again? It's called Magical Journey and Apprenticeship and Contentment. I actually reread it. Yeah, the second time you read it, you brought up some of these topics or comments in the book. Yeah, there was a lot that really made me... Maybe this is a format we'll use. Where go you'll, back to... you'll go back, bring a bunch of quotes, I'll discuss them with oh, you. Th- I have a lot of good stuff from this book. And I, it's by uh, the author Katrina Kinnison. Yeah. Kinnison. So if you know Katrina, tell her to come, you know, hook us up. Let's, um, let's have a chat. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of reviews. I feel like this is like a hidden gem people have missed. And okay, I, okay, we'll talk about it next week. Don't don't okay. like spoil it for them. Go look it up and read it or listen to it. Yeah, and this could be like a book club little thing for us. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. It's time to wrap up, but next week is going to be amazing. And if you like the podcast, take a moment to rate and review. And you can do that on iTunes by simply going on the podcast that you're listening to right now. That episode right below that is the out of control podcast title click on that and then scroll all the way down to the bottom where i'll say write a review when you leave a review we have a special gift we're going to give away each week to one person with the funniest or best review and once you leave a review you're in the running for all future week's prizes